everyone. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to our third episode of Once in a Lifetime. Once in a Lifetime. <laughs> the podcast where we talk about Lifetime movies. Um, I'm Anne. I'm Bridget. And this week we did another twofer. Um, we watched No One Would Tell, the original from 96, and then the remake from 16? Or 2017. Yeah, around 16 that. 16 or 17. And a weird thing on the Lifetime Movie app, it said that the original one was from 2006. I saw that too, and I was no, like, there is absolutely no way this was 2006. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe it just came available to like watch. Yeah, some, I think I, I looked that up at one point because I was confused another time when it did that. And it's like when Lifetime got the rights to the movie or something i don't know something How like that weird. so this movie in a real basic nutshell is sweet gal high school girl start oh this is based on a true story too by the way i didn't even mean for this to be one but it's I our know. third based on a true story <laughs> but um sweet high school girl starts dating like the the wrestling star he is abusive um eventually kills her and um her poor mother like had to sit through this trial and kind of knowing after what was going on oh man that was it was rough it was rough it was a yeah. sad like both of these movies made me cry I'm not like I cried in I, both of them I did not have as much of a reaction to the first one. And I have to say, I think it's because of Fred Savage and not because he didn't do a great job in that role. I thought he was really good, but he just has the sweetest face. And so and you're just like, Oh, stop it. Well, you're part not of it too is that, you know, he is just like such a sweet little bean in real life <laughs> that you're yeah. like, ah, you're a good actor and you're doing a great job, but I don't believe it. <laughs> like, I don't buy this for a second. No way. Kevin Arnold. So in the first movie, yeah, it's it's Fred Savage is Bobby, and Candace Cameron is um, yeah she is Stacy, she is Stacy in this. Um, Sally Jesse Raphael is also in this as oh, Judge, good. and her mom is played by Michelle Phillips from The Mamas and the Papas. Oh, is that who that is? Yeah. I saw that she was married to Anthony Hopkins for less than a year. Really? Yeah, because I was looking at her IMDb page because, and again, I hate to immediately go to let's talk about people's appearances, but she was 52 when this movie was, when this movie came out. Mm -hmm. Something about her teeth made her look like a grandmother to me. She's always had those those kind of teeth. I know exactly what you're talking about. Like they look like dentures. Almost. Like old dentures. But she's always had those kind of like, I don't want to call them like buck teeth because they're not buck teeth. No, like, yeah, there's just something like they curve out. Yeah. Something feels wrong about them. But, I mean, she's beautiful. I've always thought she was just so pretty. And I was like, oh my God, Michelle Phillips, what the fuck? And Shannon Doherty in the new, so her mom, I wonder if her mom was actually like quite a good looking woman in real life. She must have because for them. Both to... of the moms were quite gorgeous, like who played her. And usually if it's kind of a regular, 
a regular mom. It's not, they're not going to get like a gorgeous. They get like a Valerie Harper. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Not that Valerie Harper wasn't gorgeous, but good. No, but they made her look real dowdy. And that's yeah. Yeah. So we start off in Bridget's favorite with the crime. And then, and then we go back in time. So starts out with Fred Savage, Candace Cameron, and his friend, what's his name? Vince. Vince. Eric Belfour. Oh, yeah. That guy who was in, like, so many movies in the late 90s, early aughts. And then he just kind so of. Many. He was also in the first two episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is what I know him best from because I love Buffy. He's like friends with Xander and Willow and then immediately becomes a vampire and then immediately gets killed. <laughs> I wonder what happened to him. Like he was in so much little bit part kind of stuff. Yeah. And then just has been gone for 20 years. <laughs> Eric Belfour, where are you at? Yeah, if you listening, let us know. <laughs> so it starts off with the three of them in um, Bobby's pickup truck. And you can tell Candace Cameron is not comfortable yeah drives them to a secluded like lake house that they had gone to a lot over the course of their what probably was a very short relationship i think it was five months oh my god (laughs) which is horrifying (sighs) ah and then they go off vince stays in the car um he's like you know, tell me you love me. You'll never be with anyone else. She's like, whoa, Bobby, calm it down. I can only tell you that I'll remember our good times or something like that. She really tries to be as kind as possible. And it really is horrible to watch her just be. And then we cut back to Vince in the truck. He hears a scream and then Bobby walks out covered in blood, like covered in blood. Hands are bloody, it, it, a mess. And then we got to them meeting. Yeah, with the knife. And that's another thing, like, because in the remake, he chokes her. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, I didn't actually look into the actual case. Um, I did. And let me tell you, I was actually kind of mad that in the new one, the only thing I didn't like is that they made it seem like an accident. Like, he just, you know, got carried away with the chokehold, and then she died. In real life... Let me read you this uh, little news clip I found. Where is it? Okay. Jamie Fuller was 16 when he lured his girlfriend, 14-year-old Amy Carnival, to the rear of the Memorial Middle School in Beverly where he stabbed her, slashed her throat, and stomped on her head. <gasps> like, that is horrifying. That's horrific. Oh my God, 14 years old. 14 and the overkill in that crime. I was like, you can't portray that as oopsie doopsie. I choked her too hard. Oh my God. That's, yeah, that is like purposeful. I mean, I think he told, it was premeditated. I think he meant to, I think he meant to drive her out there to kill her. Like, for sure. In the first one, it's more clear that that's what he was yeah. intending to do. But they made it seem like once she died in the second one, that he was like, oh, no. And it's yeah. like, what did you think was going to happen? No, he meant to. Like, why would you have a... F- I, I don't know. He 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 knew what he was doing. He knew what he was For doing. For sure. Mm. So Michelle Phillips... Um, 
I kind of get the sense that maybe, maybe not so much Stacy's dad, but whoever her mom had been married to previously was abusive. No, actually, mm-hmm. there is there is a reference in the new one to the dad being kind of abusive, right? Because she says if it wasn't for someone like him, I wouldn't I wouldn't have you. So her dad is abuse was abusive. Um, the boyfriend that Michelle Phillips is seeing is an asshole. Like he doesn't, you don't see him hit or anything, but he's like a, a emotionally abusive dick. Rod, Ron, I don't even. Rod. And he's like, that's what you're wearing. He is a rod. Honks the horn. He cancels plans on her. Mm -hmm. Um, Which look, I love canceling plans, but (laughs) In a relationship, you need to be a little bit more respectful of people's time. Yeah. Um, wrestling is basically how these two meet each other. Apparently, wrestling is, like, a big deal in some of these schools. Like, everyone goes to the fucking wrestling matches. Yes, I thought that was crazy. And I thought the way... So, in the first movie, Candace Cameron's Friends scream and then sit down so that she's the only one standing and then yeah. like Bobby's attention is drawn to her and I was like that does seem like something your friends would do because okay. friends are assholes but I really loved what she said in the new one <laughs> what did okay wait a second she help stay with <laughs> okay he clearly like almost tries to murder his opponent So when they're supposed to shake hands, his opponent is like, meh, just like throws his hand instead of shaking his hand. And she yells, get some manners, nerf herder. Nerf herder. But then I swear they refer to it as nerd herder later on when they use this term again. Well, so that's a a line from Star Wars. Um, Leia calls... Han, a nerf herder, a scruffy little nerf herder, something like that. Um, But yeah, then they start talking about Star Wars. And so somehow they made the connection that she's a nerd and a nerd herder. They tried to draw a connection there. It didn't really work. So she gets his attention. Yes. It's basic. She catches his eye. Mm -hmm. And so from that point on, he kind of, Tries to woo her, gives her that little wink at the lockers when they catch each other's eye. Ridiculous. And then they're just kind of like dating all of a sudden. So fast. I mean, in the new one, he just takes a picture of her house and like sends it to her in Snapchat and is like, (laughs) He friended her and then sent her a picture of her house immediately. That is a big red flag. Oh my God. I... Like, when my kids start dating, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait, because I'll be like, how fast did he get here to this house? Mm-mm. Nope. He was right. waiting. Nope. <laughs> Fuck that guy. For real. So there, there's a scene in both movies um, when they're in the library um, working on stuff. Her friend, Nikki is sitting at the other table away from them doing her stuff, which can I just say too, in both of these movies, I fucking loved Nikki. 
Both, yes. both times. Both of my notes I wrote for the first one, I wrote Nikki is an incredible actress and a great friend. Her acting was so good. So good. And the new one, I loved her whole vibe. I was like, I love her hair. I love her clothes. I love her nose ring. And she, like, the acting was so good. I was like, why aren't my friends like that? Just kidding, Anne, you're wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) I would save you. I also, I meant to do this at the very beginning of the episode before we kind of started talking lightly. But can I give the number for the domestic abuse hotline? Yes, please do. It's 1-800-799-7233. So safe. 800-799-SAFE. And then the website is thehotline.org. But I just thought that was important because this movie, like, this kind of fucked me up a little bit. And uh, I didn't like it. So uh, I found the second one actually really hard to watch. Yeah. Because they really don't shy away from how he hurts her. And it was awful. I was kind of blown away, and I have to think there's a bit of truth in this, how openly he abused her. Like, in the middle of the crowded hallways at school or in the middle of a fucking dance, like, in, at wrestling yeah. practice. I mean, he just, it, it's very alarming because I, I mean, obviously we know it wasn't the first girl he hurt. Right. But... It's just alarming that there weren't any adults around who were who picked up on that because surely his wrestling coach should have I mean and I know wrestling is like ag- aggressive like well, your wrestling. wrestling coach in the first movie he knows exactly what had just yeah. happened he walks up when she's on the ground mm-hmm. crying yeah and he says if I have to report this you won't be able to compete yeah so don't make me report it. Tell me I a just, good lie. It makes me sad, like, because this actually happened to a, a girl my daughter's age. You know, like, Abby is this age. She's yeah. 14. Like, I I can't... Maybe that's why this got me so emotional, too, is, like... Sure. Uh, but, like, it... I just can't imagine a teacher, several teachers, several parents, like turning a blind eye to this kind of like aggression and in some part even the friends and I hate to say that but like and I know it was kind of a quote-unquote different time back then when you didn't really get involved in other people's business regarding I don't know abusing your partners but I don't know. It just really fucking sucked. And then like, there's a dead girl at the end of all of it. And a mother who doesn't have a child anymore. Like it's, it was, it's a very tragic story because this fucking dude wasn't ever reined in. Yeah. I, um, I sort of tried to remember what it was like to be that age and feel like, losing a friend would be the worst thing in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was thinking like, oh, I had some weird situations when I was in high school where I had friends say like, if you tell somebody this, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. And I was like, well, I'm still going to tell. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I had a kid, a guy tell me that he was going to uh, trigger warning for everyone. We should probably put a trigger warning on this whole episode. Um, I had a boy friend that was never really a boyfriend uh, tell me that he was going to kill himself and it would be my fault. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I told my school counselor and then he was like furious at me because obviously people got involved. That same guy also recorded a sex tape with a girl that went to my school and then showed it to the entire baseball team. Oh, And I found out and told her so that she wouldn't have to hear it from someone else. But for you! But, like, how horrible. Because in a different situation, I think if I had gone to a school that had boys, Mm -hmm. I probably would have been more likely to keep my mouth shut. But because I went to an all-girls school, I felt more empowered all the time at that school to, like, just say whatever I wanted. Oh, that's and I think good. that's... See, I honestly... I, I feel like I probably wouldn't have said anything. Going to my school, I mean, especially going to the school where I went to, which was, like, a bunch of fucking rich white kids who wouldn't get in trouble anyways. Yeah. I mean... I I can pretty because I didn't get my balls until like my twenties, my thirties. Like, there's no way I would have stood up for that. But I do have to say though, I feel like I that is something that I've like trained my kids for. Like, for sure. especially Abby is like you fucking like confront oh, it so. and say yeah. something, and like you can't you can't keep secrets that are going to hurt somebody like it's you gotta and that's not really a message that I feel like we got as kids and certainly not teenagers oh no the I my message that I got was like don't rock the boat be nice don't cause problems for sure you know what would cause problems is like telling a big secret that you know impacts people's lives and like safety basically but you have to, like, you have to sometimes. You I have know. to. And so uh, before we started recording, Anne just let me know that she found both of the judges' statements at the end of the movies really powerful. And yeah. I actually found Sally Jesse Raphael's to be infuriating because she's essentially scolding these children. I mean, she she was. She puts blame on them. And I get it. I get, yes, they should have said something. But they are also children yes no there I were adults around it that, that should I understand that. I understand where you're coming from with that I think mine was just more of like uh I was overwhelmed with just the the fact mm-hmm. of it yeah, like it was just a, the whole thing yeah. about it and it's I was glad though to see even though maybe because I didn't actually look up the actual statement but I, I think it's good that it was so, it, it, but it was a little scolding, but to society, like the For one sure. that, that Mira Sorvino did was like, we ignore this. We as a society ignore domestic violence and especially like teenage domestic violence. Like that is not something that is, discussed very often like no, high school shit but that's that's where it starts I mean absolutely I mean I think yeah that's where abusers learn 
how to get away with it. Yeah. How to manipulate. I mean, well, and I just, I feel like too, especially if you're a white guy, the way white guys learn how to charm their way out of it or, or take advantage of their privilege. Yeah. I it, mean, Shannon Doherty's character says multiple times in the courtroom, look at him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I thought that was really powerful. Like, yeah, you would not look at that guy and think he's hurting my daughter. Well, and that's the thing too. It's like people have this mindset in their head that like you think of domestic abuse, you think of like a dude in a wife beater with like beer spilled all over him, <laughs> slapping his wife. Like yeah. that's not what it is. It's businessmen, it's doctors, it's lawyers, it's fucking judges, like it's cops. It's so many cops. Definitely <laughs> cops. Like, um, it's everyone around you. The 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 statistics against domestic violence are are just staggering. They're staggering. Like they it's so staggering. sad. It's really like, <laughs> like I wanted to show my I like I want to show my kids these movies and be like, I know it's kind of like cheesy, but it this shit happens. And if yeah, it happens and I, to you or someone you know, that's not okay in any way, shape, or form. I didn't think the second one was cheesy. I like I mean, the other, the first one really only had a cheesy quality because it was 90s and right. Candace Cameron was dressed, again, like Bridget in Death of a Cheerleader, like a pious librarian, just like these long skirts. And like turtlenecks and stuff. I do yeah. have to say, though, I did not have a lot to say about the outfits in this, in either no. of them. They weren't um, too crazy. You know, I, I do want to say I absolutely adored the actress who played Stacy, who is I, or not say Sarah. Her. They Sarah. changed the name to Sarah in the second one, but she's Stacy. I thought she was so cute and like she got it a lot Absolutely. quicker. What was going on? She understood what was happening to her, and that made me sad. Tells oh, her mom, yeah, just a little too controlling yeah. when they first break up. And it was the scene, oh my God, the scene where she is talking to Nikki and Nikki's like, well, you should go to the police or maybe we can tell your mom. And Sarah finally says, well, maybe I can tell the wrestling coach. And they decide to take pictures of her bruises. Oh, I sobbed. It was so sad. That was like, I'm almost crying thinking about it. Like it was so sad. She, I mean, her best friend is looking at her, like, covered in yeah. bruises and just, like, uh, like sobbing while she's taking these pictures. Yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's really powerful. Ah, I hate, like, we're both crying right now. I know, I thought we were going to be, like, laughing at all these movies, but I tell no, you what. this was, like, like. No laughing matter. This, it's not, like, fuck. It was. That scene, and, and, Anne and I have been texting a lot this week because. We're mad about the lack of justice for things that have been happening mm-hmm. in the country. And when Nikki said he has to face consequences or he'll just keep doing it, I was like, ah! And he would have because he hurt his previous girlfriend yep. with a pool cue. He like hit her with a pool stick. Like that could have seriously hurt her. Oh, 
ah, he could have killed her easily too. I mean, it's just horrifying that this was a real person. We didn't get a lot about his backstory. Yeah, that was interesting. In the first movie... Okay. I thought I thought his mom was going to be like a crazy drunk or something like that. She just seemed like really sad. She just seemed sad. I don't know if his parents are together. Well, what are, one of the notes I wrote about in the first movie was that like their first date is them laying on a blanket on the beach, just like really talking about their shitty families. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what is this? But um, he says. He starts to say something about his dad and essentially just goes like, it doesn't matter. And I was like, did he kill his dad? (laughs) (laughs) What happened? (laughs) But we see him, like, he doesn't want her to meet his mom in either movie. And in the first movie, he's really kind of abusive to his mom. He, like, screams at her all the time. Um, And in the second movie, he's, like, really rich. Right. Right, because in the first movie, he seems a little not rich. Yeah, like, in, like, a shitty little house. Yeah. So that was, I didn't get it. Like, I didn't quite get what he was telling her about not wanting her to meet his parents. He was saying, like, I just want it to be perfect or whatever, but was he, like, embarrassed about her? I don't don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. I didn't understand. I mean, I don't know. Maybe because he knew they would like her? And that's true. He didn't want her to have any sway with his mom. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't get it. Yeah. They didn't Um, really make that clear. Um, There's just a lot of abuse in this movie. Like there's a scene where in the first one, they are at the lake house. There's a character in both of these movies. In the first one, it is Carla, I believe her name is. And the second one, it's Jacqueline. And she is a real cunt. She is a real shit-stirring fucking bitch. I wrote in my notes for the first one, Carla is the reason we will always need feminism. Yeah. Because there will always be a woman like Carla who is so has so much internalized misogyny that she treats other women like absolute shit. And all she wants is Bobby because Bobby wants somebody else. Absolutely. She's horrible. And so, of course, her eyes and her latches sink into Stacy slash Sarah. In the first movie, she takes like a poem that Bobby has Mm -hmm. written her, grabs it from her, grabs it from Stacy and like is about to read it in front of everybody, which is like a violation of privacy. And the second one, she takes her fucking phone away from her, which and she doesn't have a coat on it. And on. I, I don't have a, I don't have a coat on mine. What? I don't. I don't. <laughs> well, I don't. fair. Okay. So that's good to know. That isn't as unrealistic as I thought. No, but, I don't have one. I, I should probably, but like, who's going to go on my phone? Danny, my kids, go ahead. Like you're going to find just a bunch of weird online searches. Like (laughs) what's the metric weight of a sponge? Like when it's wet. (laughs) So both times Bobby gets furious. So mad. that, That she's making fun of him. 
Yeah, and that's the he first says time he, he really they're really laughing at him. They're laughing at him. Um, she trips and falls and hurts herself both times. So I have to believe that that event actually did happen. That yes. But then, of course, he's like, well, I'm sorry you fell. I'm sorry you tripped. Sorry you got your body hurt when you fell down. Uh-huh. He also breaks her phone in the first one. I mean, in the second one. She doesn't have a cell phone in 1994. No. No. So I'm trying to see. Bah, bah, bah. Oh, this is about when, when uh, Bobby throws her into the hallway with the wrestling coach. Yes. He walks over and is like, what's going on here? Again, just ignoring what the fuck is actually happening. And you know what is happening in front of your face. Yes. And the one um, guy on the wrestling team. So in both movies, one of Bobby's teammates slash friends starts dating Nikki. Mm-hmm. Sarah slash Stacy's best friend. Yeah. And I just want to say, whatever his name is in the first movie and Gus in the second movie... I loved them both very I think much. his name was Tony in the Tony. first movie. Because I love I love that it was Tony and Nikki. I was like, what a sweet little like Italian <laughs> couple. Like Tony and Nikki. <laughs> oh me. <laughs> and then um, it was Gus, yeah. Gus was so sweet. Oh yeah. Real big ups to Lifetime for having such a diverse cast by putting one black person and one Asian person in there. But also in the second one, when Gus like went after the drunk friend who was in the car, who was the Vince of the second movie, he like went at, hit, threw him up against the locker and was like, where the fuck were you? Well, he didn't say fuck because it's Lifetime, but like, oh, he was pissed. You? I, he hope, was. I hope that's how it actually happened in real life. I hope, because in my notes for the first one, I was like, what the fuck, Vince? Like, where are you? This girl is missing. You saw your boyfriend come out of the woods without her and blood all over his hands. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I thought they handled that. So in the first one, Vince ends up anonymously calling the cops mm-hmm. and telling them where the body is. Because um, in the real story also, the killer, I forget what his name is, James, he gets a couple friends to help him hide the body. So that's a whole other level. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, so, so Vince, whatever, he like kind of knows the whole time, whereas Zach in the new movie was upset about his relationship ending. So he's like passed out drunk in the car. Yeah. And and I really thought that spoke to how conniving Robbie was because... To get him drunk. Yes. He used that as a way to be like, yeah. well, you were here the whole time. You know exactly what happened. We dropped her off at home and then we went to the lake house. Yeah. Um, the police start getting involved. Can I tell you an amazing fact from the first movie? Yes, please. So... An actor passed up the role to play the detective. <gasps> Who was it? Reginald Bell Johnson. Stop it. Which, are, you know that Cracked article, right? Where it's like the whole universe of his characters connect together. Do you know when that article? I haven't read the article, but I know he's like always playing. Oh my God. No, Bridget, it is the, it's on Cracked, which is a little embarrassing, but it is like, <laughs> it's so good. It, it like connects all of his universes and jobs together. Like it's all one big 
thing. That's amazing. It, so I have to send it to you, but I was like, oh my God, can you imagine if this had been in, in the Reginald L. Johnson <laughs> universe? He didn't do it because of uh, the scheduling calendar mm. for Family Matters. So, <laughs> <Come> Carl. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been great to see Reginald Bell Johnson like stroll up and be like, so Bobby, mm-hmm. you were uh, reported seen at the lake house. Ugh. Yeah, the cop in the first one, I thought the actor did a good job. He looked super familiar. I'm sure he's been in like a hundred things that I've seen. Yeah. Um, and he really like laid into Bobby. The n- cop in the new one was like, yeah, girls are always running away. Oh, what? You found a body? Okay, cool. Like, <laughs> he had no time for them. Because <laughs> they, I did like too in the new movie when um, Shannon Doherty like breaks into his car and finds her purse. And then she calls Nikki and she's like, okay, I heard that they went to the lake house. So they drive out there together. They find a clue and they know enough to not touch it and call the police. It's, it's tough. And I have to think that, like, the mom and friend were there when they found her body. Because that's in both movies. It's in both movies. And I honestly... So, one of the hardest scenes in a film I've ever watched is the one in Mystic River. When I've never seen Mystic River. <gasps> I'm scared of it. Oh! Bridget! It's so good. Like, no, it will... It destroy you but it's so good oh you have to watch it will you watch it i can please watch it <laughs> yeah i will watch it. watch it for me it's so good but there's a scene where a body is being pulled up and it it's sean penn's missing daughter and he's like a mob boss and he Ooh. goes to the scene of the crime because he has inside sources saying there's fucking shit going on over here and when they pull her body up, like, it's like a famous scene. He is just completely ripped apart. And it, like, I ugly cry when I watch that scene. Even oh, thinking boy. about it, I'm, like, holding back my emotions. It is just, like, guttural. It's a guttural yes. scene. And that's honestly, like, what I felt watching both of these versions. Like, Especially the first one, though, because the mom... Ooh, she really sells it, and it is tough. It is. It's hot. Like, oh, look at Like, I'm cracking. It's I know. so sad. It is just so sad. I know. And she, like, tries to, like, chase after the... Ugh, it's awful. Especially, I don't know, just, like, the amount of care he took to try to hide that body really yeah. is haunting. yeah. Because and, he knew he was going to do it, though. And that's, yeah. like, why was all that shit there? Yeah, you don't have garbage bags and duct tape and cinder blocks at the ready. Unless you know. It was, like, there and, re- like, uh, It's just so gross. It's so gross. It's so gross. And he it's was, what, st- he was 16? Can you mm-hmm. imagine what what he would have done if he had not been caught. I mean, he would have been like a fucking golden state killer. I'm not even joking. Absolutely. It's so nasty. Oh, I saw that he was up for parole in 2019, but they postponed it or something. Good. He was, wasn't he, didn't he get life without parole? 
Yeah, but then I saw an article that said he was up for it, which I thought was weird. Mm, um, but yeah, we don't we don't need people like that. No, if you're that young and you are already showing that much violence and rage, like, yeah, I don't know that you can be mended. No, like, like that's just, embedded inside of you. Yeah. That kind of I don't know it it. These were difficult movies to watch. I did not think I was going to be that, like, moved by it and upset by it. But I, like, I got upset. I was I had sad. really visceral reactions. I mean, I think as women, like, we've all had at least one relationship where a guy will talk. Yeah. Down to us yeah. or, you know, gas light us and... It's really hard to watch that happen. It is. You know what? That's exactly what it is. It's like, it's very triggering. Oh, I'm like. It is. It It is. It's like watching your younger self and you're like, please leave him. Listen to your gut. Listen to your gut. And that's, that's that's what it's about. It's like you listen to your fucking instincts. Like. When your brain and your heart and your body is like, this isn't right. This person is not good. Listen to that. Your body knows better. Like, Yes, listen to what your body is telling you. And also, listen to what your friends are telling you. It's really hard. Like, I get it. If you're dating someone that nobody likes, it feels like, an attack on you sometimes. Yeah. But if everyone who cares about you is saying like, this guy's no good. It's okay to be like, I've made a mistake here and I'm going to correct it now. Yeah. It's tough. I also, it, it rips my heart out that she did try to break up with him. So many, I know she did. And she, especially I, in the new one, like she knew, she knew it was wrong. I mean, almost the whole time, but it's like, I remember being that age and like a boy that you liked paying attention to. You felt like the sun. It was the sun, the moon, everything. Like it, there wasn't, there's, yeah, there's no listening at that age. It's, it's just, ah, it's just terrifying. And that's why you need to like nip that shit in the bud with your boys when they're little. Like, I hate this whole, like, uh, like mom of boys and like boys will be boys like no no boys won't be boys you need to let them know that that's just not how boys act let them know that hey you can't hit someone because they have your fucking Tonga truck like you exactly you you don't get what you want all the time. Hey, you know what? Look at what's fucking happening in our country right now. Like we're literally like hanging on by the barest of threads to our yes. entire system of democracy because one. <laughs> Hi guys. So apparently we had a little recording snafu and it just stopped recording. So we didn't want to leave without saying goodbye officially um we also wanted to clarify that when we said we were very emotional about things that were happening in current events in the government it was just days after uh the insurrection at the capitol and so we were feeling 
We were upset about that. Things. When this airs, we don't want it to be misconstrued in any way that we were upset about uh, Joe Biden. One. Yeah. We inaugurated. We are very excited about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, so we, <laughs> we, uh, we were feeling our feelings. This is a good movie to talk about when we were having feelings. It was yeah. kind of cathartic. Mm-hmm. And then we took a week off to process. <laughs> process all those feelings. Yes. A lot of processing going on recently. Oi, oi, oi. But so, thank yeah. you for listening and don't watch. No one would tell if you don't feel like crying. Yeah. True that. <laughs> All right. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. <Bye-bye. laughs>